Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Another Film Podcast. My name is Tierney. My name is Colin. <laughs> My name is Matt. <laughs> <laughs> you thought I was going to give it the same attitude. I did, okay. but more. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta keep them guessing. You I thought you were gonna do the... that head thing where it looks like it's <laughs> like, is that? yeah, that one. <laughs> yep, that's the one. That? That's the one we're looking for. <laughs> do you remember that one Wednesday before Thanksgiving where we went dancing and you kept dancing with your head and I was like, doesn't that hurt your neck? And you were like, no, it feels great. And then the next day you were like, oh, oh. <laughs> that's the day I grew up. <laughs> <laughs> sorry matt was that no, the night the I... was that the night I... we went to your uh, uh your friend's concert mm-hmm. big league oh, boys yeah it was black, matt's friend black yeah. wednesday yeah 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 yeah, yeah that was yeah. that was so fun god I old miss... days good times i remember i miss fun being days. able to a go out in public uh-huh. and b <laughs> go out in public with specifically with the two of you <laughs> Like, just, also, I miss like, it in general, but also, like... And, like, see, go out in public without, like, a crippling fear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was, it was really fun when I went to Trader Joe's this morning, or, yeah, earlier today, and I was just like, it was the first time I've left my apartment in several days, and I'm terrified about it. To be fair, Trader Joe's, oh, yeah, in they... my experience, Trader Joe's and REI are the two safest places in public to go because they take it so seriously. Yeah. Trader yeah. Joe's is legit uh and i was i'm since i'm working remotely again um i was able to go at like one in the afternoon so i didn't have to deal with the line which is most of why i haven't been going to trader joe's because i don't do like full shopping runs at trader joe's i usually only need like one or two things and so i'm like i love that they're doing this i love that they have the line and i love that they're like specifically only letting x number of people in i like everything they're doing makes me feel really safe but if all I need is, like, a package of soy chorizo, I'm not going to wait in line for, like, 35 minutes. So, um, but yeah, Trader Joe's, God bless them. What I love most about Trader Joe's is they have <laughs> everything my family needs for our dinners or special get-togethers. <laughs> and especially during now, when things are so uncertain. Hey. It's nice to have a place in the neighborhood to go for my local groceries. No Trader free Jones. ads. <laughs> <laughs> the point is that maybe if we do it right, it won't be free. They'll maybe, pay us. Maybe Trader Joe's will pay us. <laughs> maybe Joe Trader, owner of Trader Joe's. Right, of course. I think, speaking of advertisements, I think one of the funniest things uh, about ad, uh, advertisements in the pandemic times is ones that were clearly filmed before this started. And so it's just a regular commercial, and then they're like, they added one thing where they're like, we know things are crazy in these times, but look at these headphones and this person on a bus surrounded by people without masks on. Yeah. And like families open mouth kissing. Like Like families together for the holidays. Like, yeah. Yeah. I actually don't like the ones with, I mean, I think it's good that they show masks because masks are important. Hashtag wear a mask. But, uh, I'm very unsettled by those commercials because it feels like normalizing, where they're like, everything's so chaotic. And then it's like people nodding at each other with masks on and like trying to do their daily lives. And I'm like, I don't want to see advertisements like this. <laughs> Just like any TV show that's been doing like a special episode in COVID. Yeah. I've been like, don't bring that into this universe. You didn't have to. Don't bring this scourge on yourselves. 
Yeah, I don't watch This Is Us anymore, but a friend of mine does, and she said that the season premiere of this season was just, like, all COVID, slash, like, the Black Lives Matter movement, all this, you know, it's just, like, all this stuff that she was like, look, I lived through all of this, and I'm still living through all of this, I don't need to watch this on my, like, Thursday night appointment viewing, <laughs> like, I just, yeah. like, it's, it's too much, I just, I need, I need a break. So the Connors uh, header image on Hulu is all of them in crocheted masks. And I was like, whoa, the Connors Roseanne's show that was taken away from Roseanne because she's a racist (laughs) because she sucks. (laughs) Yeah, But Laurie Metcalf is is, is Laurie Metcalf still on there. Yeah, she was wearing one of the crocheted masks. Nice. Bless her. Do they know that crocheted masks are gapy? Gapy? (laughs) (laughs) What did you say? Did you say gapy? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, there, so many things can go through them. Yeah, there is. I know, I just love that term. Crocheted masks are gapy. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds way more like perverted. I know. (laughs) When you say it like that. Gapy. All right. Crocheted masks are so gapy. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, um, what are we doing? Should we here? maybe what, talk about the movie that we watched? Did no, we watch I think movie? we should keep talking. About no, we just watched advertisements with Trader Joe's. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's another great place? Jesus. <laughs> I I almost said IHOP, but I can't remember what their other what's the other brand? The other grocery Walker store. Walker Brothers. Oh. Aldi. Aldi. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know you're saying what's their like what's the other IHOP? Same. Like, Waffle House? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like, I don't uh, ding, 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 ding. But then I was like, maybe he was talking about IHOB, which is when they pivoted they to have... burgers for like yeah. a month. International House of, <laughs> of Burgers. IHOB. <laughs> Tierney looks so upset. It's amazing. I didn't know that the, I didn't know this existed. Yeah, you're receiving the news we received in real time before, and all of us made that reaction. I hob, oh no. What have you done? Because I'm also thinking of like all the same condiments like butter and syrup. Oh. Yeah. On a burger. The triple stack with maple syrup. We have dinner spaghetti served with fresh blueberry compote and Dinner's like compost. <laughs> just compost. Oh. <laughs> oh. Goodness. All right. This is, a, a, I mean, theoretically, this is a movie podcast. So I guess we should probably talk about a movie. At least for a little bit. We can, we, we, we can derail, you know, as we are wont to do later. But, Matt, what movie are, are we, did I'm we starting... Watch? I'm starting. That's my new way to start. Uh, I don't like it. One of my picks. Yeah, okay. he didn't even uh, say that in the movie. Well. <laughs> you could have said, excuse me, gentlemen. <laughs> I do think we should have stuff like that. You're, like, we're going to give a glimpse behind the curtain to our listener. Uh, that... Singular? <laughs> <laughs> going to give a glimpse behind the curtain to our one listener. I like how you pause. You're like, should I put it? No, no, no. Doesn't doesn't deserve it. Nope. Hi, Joel. (laughs) 
Also, Jim and Shay. <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> anyway, uh, we should incorporate uh, stuff like that. If anytime we have a point that we want to bring up, uh, somebody should interrupt with, excuse me, gentlemen. Excuse him, gentlemen. And then say what they were thinking. Um, anyway, uh, I still haven't said what movie it is. <laughs> We're so far in, and we've added eight minutes. Eight minutes. I bet you ten bucks. Uh, one of our three listeners says that this is the most riveting content. <laughs> I could put my earphones down. I was being serious. Out of all of the movies, yeah, it's the Trader Joe's jokes. Uh, okay, so I picked. Take Shelter, 2011 movie, starring Michael Shannon, Jessica Chastain, Shea Wiggum. Yeah. Yeah. And... Fuck yeah, Shea Wiggum. (laughs) Shea Wiggum is super in this movie. (laughs) When he popped up, I was like, oh, that's Colin's boy. Colin loves Shea Wiggum. Um, Because you loved Cougar Town, which I did not like. And wasn't he in that? Shea Wiggum? Yeah, wasn't he one of the guys? No. I mean, he was maybe like a... Isn't he friends with Danny McBride? Mm, uh, that feels right. Yeah, who is Shea Wiggum? And I and I honestly said he? it. Who, what is Shea Wiggum? Uh, <laughs> but he's in this. Uh, not a huge cast of recognizable faces. Um, but I think that's part of the charm, and we'll get that to that later. Uh, but it is a. I would say it's like a slow burn psychological thriller um, about a man who sees visions of the end of the world uh, which is so relatable right now yeah. and builds a shelter to protect his family which is very relatable right now <laughs> and everyone thinks he's crazy for taking the precautions that he's taking and going overboard which is very well done. Um, so it was cool to watch this movie in 2020, uh, about nine years after it came out. It was one of my favorite movies that year. Um, but, oh, here's an important thing. I didn't see it in 2011. I ended up seeing it, I think, the following spring. It was part of Ebert Fest, which was... Oh, nice. Yeah, Roger Ebert's uh, cultiv- like self-cultivated festival, and they would have guests come in, and it was held in Champaign-Urbana, uh, just not that far from the U of I campus. I went with my friend Tim, who uh, was the other guy that I've done podcasts with, uh, and we loved this movie. And the ending, uh, there was a huge reaction from the audience of people just going like, oh, oh, um, which was very fun to witness in person. And uh, I uh, had not seen it that year, but it quickly became my number one of 2011, which we'll talk about more later, uh, how packed 2011 was for movies uh but that's my approach to it neither of you have a history with it though so uh yeah yeah real quick uh shay wiggum was he's in vice principles he was uh pretty sure he was danny mcbride's ex-wife's new husband yes yes that sounds right um and he was like a nice dude yeah he's just he's so all over the place it's so fun like i feel like most of the time he plays a dickhead 
Yeah, I mean, like he can play a dickhead. He can. I mean, he like he can. He does like a but. He's not like the most versatile, but I think he can do a lot of different things, and he's like very much like that guy. You know, like you like he pops mm-hmm. up in so much shit. He's never like a star of anything, but he's always like in the periphery, and he's usually really good in the periphery. Um, so yeah, I was like very stoked when uh, when he popped up in this movie. But yeah, I had no actual connection to this movie other than I'd heard from a lot of people that it was good. I remember it was like one of Roger Ebert's like favorite movies of the year. Um, and so I was always like going to check it out. This was back when I was living in South Dakota when it came out. So I'm sure as a shock to you and all of our listener that, um, South Dakota did not get a lot of independent film releases (laughs) back in 2011. So I missed the boat on this one and I just never got around to it. Uh, but I did see uh, Jeff Nichols' two movies in 2016. And the Jeff Nichols is the guy who wrote and directed Take Shelter. And I did not care for those movies. <laughs> I was well, like, why do people like this guy? <laughs> These movies aren't good. <laughs> what movies were they? Uh, Midnight Special, which is, like, fine-ish. But has a really shitty ending that I did not care for. And Loving which is, like, just so boring and so unexceptional, like, in every regard. Um, So I was just like, why do people love this guy so much? Uh, I will say, I did really enjoy Take Shelter, so at least he's got that going for him, so. Bless us. Check that out. (laughs) What? (laughs) I said check that out. (laughs) Uh... I hadn't even heard of this movie. In fact, I kept forgetting the name of it until uh, last week <laughs> or whatever day you said that it was in the drive uh-huh. to watch. Um, and I don't know, I have a, uh, like mixed thoughts about the movie. Like I thought it was a really good like story. Uh, I think I know why I there couldn't get into it for a while, and you guys will probably laugh at what what the <laughs> what it is. Um, but I think that the ending redeemed it a lot. Yeah. Um, but I also felt like it could be spookier, which is interesting take for me. I, yeah, I, there were a couple moments where it was like kind of in, like kind of tense, and I was like, oh, I mean, it's not. It's definitely not a horror movie. Um, but there were a few sequences where I was like, oh, I hope T's okay. <laughs> like, like, I didn't no, think anything was, like, it... too crazy, but I, I, there were a couple that I was like, oh. <laughs> I felt like it needed to be more tense. Yeah. Like, I thought it could have, like, there were points where I felt like the tension should have been there, but wasn't. But there were parts that were very tense. I just yeah. wanted, like, more of it. I wanted, like, the level of tension that, uh... Uh, like a is it safety? Yeah. Levels? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted like that level of tension for the whole movie. Yeah. I am. Is it is? Uh, ah, sorry, <laughs> I couldn't catch my words. It Nailed is it. interesting to think <laughs> of a movie like Take Shelter, where the protagonist really starts going off the deep end fast, 
and the stuff like building the shelter is like no i gotta get the parts and everyone's like what's your problem what's going on here and it's like don't you say which is basically the dinner that they go to which i which is like just before the climax of the movie yeah um but i think like the moment of the movie i think that moment is like the best part where Michael Shannon flips a table and flips out on all of his friends. Just screaming. Um, <laughs> screaming, like, do you think I'm crazy? Ah, <clears throat> uh, you think I'm crazy? And, like, that... The whole movie takes so long to release that tension, mm-hmm. and when it does, it's that freakout, which is also at a point where you feel bad for him, you feel bad for his family, you even feel bad for his friend who he had, like, moved off of his job... Um, after using the equipment, Shane Wigan. Uh, but uh, like that scene is so like just uncomfortable to watch, but also a phenomenal moment of acting from Michael Shannon. Uh, but if if I think if it built to that sooner and then kept kind of climbing from there, it probably would be a more uh, an easier movie to like stay locked into but yeah. it does kind it just kind of repeats the same beats throughout in this kind of slow methodical fashion uh that i think is easy to kind of start drifting from when you're like okay but what's this when is this going to come to a head so that is probably a good uh <laughs> like segue to <clears throat> like what i thought so you can basically have him yelling at the same point like have that be the tipping point if along the way you start to see him break down but all you and this is where i think i think my like uh mixed feelings towards it comes from michael shannon's performance is that it is like a mask like there's no um like no emotion no matter which is probably a choice but I was just like, I can't, like, it's, it was hard to get into it because I felt like there was nothing there. <laughs> yeah. But I think, I think his performance as it goes on, like, I think his performance in, like, the last 15 minutes of the movie is really good. Like, the nod of him and Jessica Chastain at the beach was really yeah. good and really subtle of, like, you see this? She's like, I see this. Uh, but, like... I just wanted more up until that point. Yeah, I think, I mean, everything about this... No, no, I think you're right, because I think everything Mm -hmm. about this movie is very subtle. Um, And I think, like, his performance, for the most part, is extremely subtle. Um, And I could definitely... I don't know why I liked this, because I feel like this one had a lot of similar vibes to Midnight Special, where it was just like... There's something kind of weird going on, but it's not, like, fully weird. It's just, like, there, and you're just kind of, like, waiting for it to get weird. But for some reason, like, with Midnight Special, I was just like, okay, like, whatever, fuck off. But with this one, I, I think, like, the... <laughs> I have no idea what it's about. It just seems like a super harsh thing. <laughs> uh, slash film uh, website that Matt and I uh, read often. Um they had a they've been doing this like daily post where it's called like the quarantine stream and it's just like a random movie that they recommend people watch during quarantine 
and they they posted one about midnight special the other day and i took a sent the tweet to matt and joel and i was like because their tweet was something like quarantine stream midnight special is an underrated classic and i just sent it to them i was like nope it sucks (laughs) and joel was just like fuck that movie so rude (laughs) i don't remember being as compelled by it and honestly i couldn't tell you what happens in most of that movie and i saw it too but i i think the difference too between midnight special and this one is that we know enough about what the horror is that is being hinted at throughout this movie. Uh, whereas Midnight Special, what it ends up being is like the kid's eyes glow. And you're like, what the fuck is that? What, is th- what does that mean? What, is, what does this mean? Like, wh- why is this what we're building to? And I think this movie does a lot more of just like, how does a normal person deal with feeling like everything's unraveling and if they don't act on that feeling that people that they love are at risk um and i also think this movie is such an interesting movie about like american masculinity mm-hmm. yes because and i think that... that's my other note of why it was yeah. very frustrating to like get into it is it's like sorry go ahead <laughs> no yeah but i think they paint that picture very well of mm-hmm. like who, what is this town and who are the people that are in it how do they act with each other and it's in texas i think it's in ohio ohio okay but i mean it's it's i mean insert rural flatland yeah like rural prairie ish any you know like it could be theoretically anywhere which was one of my i'll let you finish but that was one of my initial thoughts on the movie um but he plays it and I think what you're saying is totally true. It's, there's so little that he's willing to let out. Mm-hmm. I think if we got more moments, uh, I think the, the the scenes where he is having nightmares and waking up are effective because we're seeing him unable to control his body, unable to control his like bladder, uh, screaming silently and like choking on his own like screams, which are not things of like a put together calm Mm -hmm. like i'll get it done i'll do the job like everything's okay kind of guy and those are the moments that i think are most effective and i think the fact that they keep happening after nightmares limits where else we could see it or Mm -hmm. how else we could see it exposed which is why that dinner scene is so effective because like that explosion is like oh like, he's breaking all the rules that this town has of, mm-hmm. like, how you act and who your friends are and how they gossip even. Like, it's just... Even, like, when he has dinner with his... I think it's his or her parents. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they're, like, kind of hassling him about going to church. It's just, like, there's so much pressure to adhere and be part of this community exactly how everyone else is that anything that strays from that is looked on as weakness. Uh, And I think the movie does a great job of showing that Michael Shannon is like trying to play that game and trying not to let on. And every time it gets like more and more real for him, he's like, I just got to do what I got to do. So I'm just going to, I'm going to borrow some equipment and I'm going to dig a big hole in my backyard. And that's what I'm doing (laughs) Um, and getting gas masks. But, uh, but yeah, I think those are my thoughts of, uh, of kind of the expressionless performance of Michael Shannon. Um, and, I, and I think, yeah, the dinner scene is what wowed me the first time. And it's what always gets me in this movie of that final explosion of just like 
I'm doing my best and none of you understand what you're in for. Yeah. The last 30 minutes of the movie, because, like, I mean, it's... I didn't, I didn't like, actually time it out, but it feels it like... It's 30. Is it really? Yeah, I looked at the clock during the dinner scene, and it was at 27 minutes. So, okay. Like, oh. So, yeah, you've got, like, jump. the dinner scene... I thought it was, like, 15. I mean, but that's what I'm saying. Like, the last yeah. chunk of the movie is so tight after the first, you know, hour and a half is a little bit looser, a little bit more sprawling, um, that I think... To your point, Tierney, like, it made all of that stuff at the beginning a little more worth it. Because you had, like, like it all came together in a, a really satisfying, I thought, a really satisfying way. Um, so, yeah, like, you've got the dinner scene at, like, the Lions Club or whatever. And then the storm. And then the sequence in the shelter. And then, like, the, the follow-up from that, which has, like, that just in- beautiful like final couple of shots there. But um, one of the things that just struck me initially was like, I don't, I think Jeff Nichols is from Texas. Maybe I can look that up, but um, he, as somebody who grew up in South Dakota and like my mother grew up on a farm, her like whole side of that family still lives in rural South Dakota. My dad grew up in a small town in South Dakota, but like, Yes, this is technically set in Ohio, but, like, he fucking nails that, like, just the vibe of, like, small-town rural America. Or at least in, like, in my personal lived-in experience of small-town rural America. Like, everybody was, like, like, the community is so small, everybody knows each other. Even if you don't really know them, you're at least familiar with who they are. Um, Like, those, like, town dinner sequences all felt, like, very real. Like, it, like, the, the... wardrobe that people were wearing the houses like everything about like all of the like the background stuff just felt so real um that I think that's what really got me in from jump and I think like obviously like I said I I grew up around that so the fact that like it could have gone either way right like if he missed any one of those things it would have taken me out of the movie but because there was such strong attention to detail and I think the craft behind everything in this movie but especially like the like the production design and that kind of stuff I think really helps sell the first chunk of the movie because there's not a lot of flashy stuff that happens in that first chunk so I think like it's I was able to rely more on like the the craft behind it which I really appreciated but it also uh, like made me glad that I don't spend a lot of time in rural America anymore <laughs> I definitely had a bit of that uh <clears throat> Just because I was like, I don't... I think I just have a very different life. Um, <laughs> back to what, oh, Matt, yeah, sorry. you were saying. Um, I just, like, one of my early notes is that it's super... And this goes to what you were saying with, like, uh, his, like, muted performance. Um, and, uh, like, American masculinity. Is that... I found it super frustrating to watch a man afraid to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And that is what probably took... Because at least in a movie... Here's my thing. Is that at least in a movie, you can have instances when they're by themselves and they have, like, a little bit of emotion. Mm -hmm. But it was like, he wouldn't even show emotion by himself. And so it's like, well, how am I supposed to see into your brain if I can't see? (laughs) Uh so that was the part that, like, I think 
took so long to get into the movie because I was like, there's no, like, there's nowhere for me to access what's going on for empathy because <laughs> there is nothing <laughs> happening. It's just him going through with the same expression on his face. Uh, Which is a good commentary on masculinity, American masculinity. It was just uh, uh, probably most of why I have like mixed feelings. It's just that I was like, I don't know what is happening in his brain. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know and what's I, happening. <laughs> <laughs> I had the same thought, too. It was just like... Just like go talk to somebody, dude. Like, like just talk to your wife. your wife. Talk to your like. Talk to tell your wife. Like, and he like makes the doctor's appointment, saying that he has a cold, just because, and like waits until he's like in like the doctor's room or like in the examination room. Doctors close the door. It's just the two of them, and then he's finally like, "Oh yeah, I don't have a cold." I just he doesn't say, but he was like, "I just was too embarrassed to tell them what's actually going on." It's just like, I mean. That's a sad commentary on yeah. masculinity in this country. I think, I think it is important, though. I think it's though. probably accurate. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Especially in rural, small-town mm-hmm. America. Like, more yeah. so than anywhere. I mean, it's true across the board in this country, clearly. Um, but I think, this, you know, the more you get into that smaller, like, Americana world like the more that that like masculinity or like the facade of masculinity becomes important um Mm -hmm. yeah here's what i'll say about those two (laughs) points because i do think that's that's the the conflict of the movie is how can he do these things and not come off as vulnerable or weak or what i think is most important is to note his mother's history of schizophrenia, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which then makes him, because I, I think Jessica Chastain's character is soft and wants him to open up and wants to keep him talking and asking questions of like, I don't understand the choices you're making. Just tell me what's up. And you can tell that for some things he feels comfortable enough to tell her, like the, at the, like when it comes to the breaking point kind of, and he's like, I'm having nightmares and things are I don't feel great. Mm-hmm. And she accepts it. And, like, the fact that she stays with him throughout and at the end, and that their relationship is strong, uh, even when it's at a, at tense points, is, I think, that constant pull to be, like, be open with me. Like, I'm your partner, and we have a daughter, and you love us, so just, like, tell us what's going on. But I think that fear of being lumped in with his mother mm-hmm. and having that be mm-hmm. the excuse of, like, oh, you're you're just mentally ill and now you're gonna have to go away which i think is another masterful scene to include at the very end that like yes the resolution to this particular issue is going to be separation from his wife and daughter and he's gonna have to do this not in a way that is ideal for the family uh and i think that like validates a lot of his fears throughout the movie of like i would love to share this but like if i do i'm gonna be put away or uh, no one will, will understand why I'm doing this, and then I'll be looked at as crazy. And so I think like that tension is throughout the movie, and I think it is frustrating, because you're like, just get mm-hmm. the help that you need, and like talk to your wife, and she'll support you. Um, and instead of like doing everything behind your, everyone's back and getting like fired, uh, you could just be open with people. Um, but I do think that that's... I think, the theme in this is masculinity and 
the idea of being a strong father in a family in America uh, at odds with a gut feeling and, mm-hmm. and your emotions and what you feel you need to express and get out. Um, and I think it also comes to a point where he is fired and comes in and tells uh, tells Jessica Chastain what is her character's name in this? Sam. Again? Sam. Samantha. <clears throat> yeah. When he tells Sam I got fired and like they already have the like cochlear implant uh, appointment and like all these expenses that they're going to have coming down right away and just her walking over slapping him and then taking uh, their daughter and leaving is like like it could have been avoided if you had told me and if you had kept me in the loop and now Mm -hmm. you fucked the family by like doing stuff that no one understood and those moments and like took out loans that's where I'm like come on (laughs) just talk about your feelings but is this something that's easy to talk about even like I have a sense that a storm is coming and I want to build a really expensive, elaborate storm shelter because I think people are going to be in the streets and trying to kill us and motor oil is going to fall from the sky. And those things are, like, hard to get other people on board with. Um, I think that's... I mean, we've talked about both of them, but I think it's a combination of the two, right? I think that uh there's, like, it's a commentary on um masculinity in this country but i also think it's a commentary on mental health mental and, illness yeah yeah and, it's just, and I think especially that's, how masculinity ties in with mental exactly mental exactly um and i think you know my sister works at a hospital and she does stuff with mental health and she, like that's one of her biggest things is that just like she's constantly frustrated at how this country doesn't take mental health seriously enough like across the board and like on the individual level. Um, and I think that like there, those were the two things that like really kept coming up to me when I was watching this movie. It was just like, and I I think it, especially in this movie, they're so intertwined. Like it's, it's, Mm -hmm. you can't, you can't have one without the other for Michael Shannon's character in this movie. They're, they're one in the same. Um, and that's where also it's like, not like, it's like, this is serious stuff. You can't just shove this down and think you can solve it on your own. Right. I mean, like it, but like, anyway, anyway. Oh, words. Yeah. But I think, I think a, a great example of that conflict between, uh, or the, not the conflict, but the commentary on how our health system treats mental illness is scenes that are back to back when Sam goes uh to I think like an insurance provider yeah. or something mm. but they're like yeah we can get this all covered basically like your daughter's implant will be like basically covered entirely by this health insurance and the last line of that scene is like when it when it kicks in it's actually pretty good health insurance <laughs> and immediately following that is him picking up medicine for this for whatever he's feeling and he's like how much is it and they're like $45 and he's like what's after the copay and they're like that's the copay so like already we're seeing he's not having an easy time using his own health insurance for his own necessary use because it's not directly something Mm -hmm. that the health insurance would consider important enough to fund Um, I would add to that and do the scene where she uh, Hannah gets the like MRI done 
and everyone is like nice and everything and then you also have the scene where his first therapist leaves yeah and there's been no communication with the patient and there's just some new guy because it's just like oh well it doesn't matter we'll just turn it like hand him over to a new person it's no big deal when he's like no i want my first person back yeah i want the person that i spent some some amount of time developing a relationship with Mm -hmm. so that i can be open yeah i would have loved to see one of those scenes of him talking to her um after their first introduction because she's such a cool character she was Mm -hmm. great i like she looked vaguely familiar but not like super familiar um but i thought she was really really good Um, yeah i thought so too the soft touch was like really lovely where she was like i mean i can't prescribe you anything but we can talk and that's a good start for a lot of people yeah like that tone is so different from what he experiences holding it in from everyone else mm-hmm. i would have loved to see more of that relationship especially to solidify why it hurts so much when he's just passed off to someone else who starts the conversation by being like oh it looks like your mom had schizophrenia you want to talk about that yeah, it's yeah like you yeah. fucked this up <laughs> that's not gonna it's not gonna work now um I but did yeah, think, I think those ones were really well done, yeah. 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 And I th- and that's like I uh I was telling my friend Eric yesterday that I feel like this movie and Sixth Sense would be good pairs um as far as like a person who like has somebody who loves them but can't tell them what they're going through because they wouldn't understand uh who's later validated. <laughs> <laughs> and like the truth is correct it's like their truth um and also just that like struggle between being believed for something that no one else can see uh and not coming off as somebody who's just like a problem or causing issues or like his boss says when he fires him like you did this to yourself mm-hmm. like uh i think they also have this, the same kind of like super slow like calm tone uh obviously one's about ghosts and one's about a motor oil apocalypse but you know whatever uh, i just i thought they were a nice pairing especially for this just kind of like subtle really uh like held back character that's just trying to like get through this and like do his best yeah i really I like just... the, the first sequence where he goes in <laughs> to meet with the the counselor that we were talking about and he's like clearly done his homework and he's just like because like you were saying that he's just trying to get through so he's like just very matter-of-factly he's like well according to this book these are the first five symptoms or these are the five symptoms i've displayed two of them you know and he's just like just like i don't want to necessarily like get to the bottom of the issue i just want to like fix the problem so that I, you know, can like live my life. Um, which I like, it's such a like man's way of looking at the problem. A hundred percent. Be like, this is, we're going to look at it analytically and, and then fix it. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like, well, yeah, just like, give me some pills or something. It'll be fine. Right. Like that's how this works. Right. It's just like, nah, dude. (laughs) Not like I'm feeling this, this, and this, and it's like disturbing me. And like, I'd like to find a way to get it to, to resolve, or maybe I need to like face something. And then it's just like, no, I want it fixed. (laughs) And that the two are delusions and hallucinations. And he's like, but that's like, that's not that many. (laughs) And it's like, well, those, those are probably the most severe ones. Yeah. Those are (laughs) pretty intense ones. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Uh, 
One thing I did just notice in this conversation is that in some ways, given the ending of this movie and the fact that the things that he's thought are delusions are like uh, visions of the future, Mm -hmm. uh, and given the way that he acts throughout the movie and the fact that he ends up in Myrtle Beach when this happens, away from his storm shelter... So he's, like, vulnerable. Him and his family are vulnerable. And it, the reason he's in Myrtle Beach is because the psychiatrist told him to go there and get mm-hmm. away from his shelter. Does that then condone not being vulnerable, not seeing medical professional help? Because then you're left unprepared for the thing that you were afraid was going to happen. I recently wa- rewatched Donnie Darko. And had a similar feeling because a lot of his, like, behavioral issues end up being okay because he was part of some sort of quantum mistake. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I would say, does, do Donnie Darko and Take Shelter excuse or, uh, or uh, reduce the severity of real mental health issues that do need to be addressed and do need to be, uh, you know, medicated if necessary or treated or uh, opened up to other people. And I would say I think most of the movie is about the problems that come when you're not open. And I think the twist at the end feels so surprising because you're not expecting it to happen and because Mm -hmm. you are like, no, yeah, this looks like it was an unhealthy moment. Uh, and I think but I, I had think a feeling Val- it was going to be real the whole time. You but... hoped. I think you hoped. And I think yeah. that's the issue, too, is that you're kind of hoping he's right. Uh, and I think a similar movie to that would be like Sh- Shutter Island, where the whole time you're like, mm. but you're right. You're right. And the more and more they stack the evidence, you're like, uh-oh, I think <laughs> you might be wrong. Um, so I think, I think it's a very touchy uh, rope to toe, is like, are, are we saying he was right? And that everything he was doing was okay. And I think it's it's not necessarily saying that, because I think it's still saying, like, you lost your job, you hurt your wife by not being open with her, now you guys have to find the money for this implant that you wanted uh, for Hannah. So there's a lot of negatives to you doing this. Mm-hmm. Were you right in the end? It looks like your premonitions were true, but yeah. But... There were a lot of, this is where the overall, there were a lot of little negatives for keeping it down. But the overall impact of this movie is that his life and his family's lives are now in jeopardy because he went and got help. And that he listened to the help. And that's the part where I'm like, I don't know that that's a very good message to be uh, (laughs) passing on. Yeah, I think that's more, I think, like, it's more of a Twilight Zone kind of conundrum, where you're like, probably. oh, and wouldn't I'm probably it... looking into it too much. <laughs> no, I think I, you're I, right, I, Like, the, the, the interpretation is fair. Um, yeah. I, I didn't read it that way, but I, like, I can definitely see, like, it's not like you're just, like, coming up with some, like, crackpot QAnon conspiracy theory bullshit. Like, there's, there, like, there's evidence for what you're saying in the text of the movie. I don't I didn't read it that way. I definitely read it more like you know, I watched Matt was it. Oh boy! Can we go on to? Uh, 
I do have a lighter note if we want to to I, Yeah, topics. I also I have one other quick that's it's a related okay, topic, yeah, go, but go, it's go. it's lighter. Um we are had you a from... jaw dropper. It looked like you had you Oh yeah, I, to yeah, I'll, I'll get you, I'll get there in a second. Um are you are, I know Matt is. Tierney, are you familiar with the Twitter account Paperback Paradise? Yes. Okay. So they tweeted one <laughs> like a week or two ago. <laughs> and uh the like the the book it's so for any of our listener who is unfamiliar with paperback paradise i think what they do i'm not 100 percent sure but i think what they do is they have like actual cover art from like old like pulp novels and then they just like come up with a different title for it based on whatever the artwork is or just whatever's happening in the moment um and there was one the other day where like the tagline was ten thousand years into the future it finally happens dot 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 <laughs> And the title is Men Talk About Their Feelings. <laughs> and it's literally just like two dudes standing on like a chessboard in space, just staring each other down. <laughs> and the it's author is Tender, like the word Tender, the letter B, and then the last name is Crying. <laughs> tender B Crying. <laughs> but anyway, I sent that to some friends of mine and I was like, this is really funny. Also, 10,000 years in the future for that to happen feels very optimistic. Like <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so quick sidebar on the yeah. paper, paperback paradise. Tender I, B Crying. Tender, tender B, B crying. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed that. 10,000 years into the future. Uh, it finally happens. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, uh, I had two, two random notes that I found were amusing. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is when Jessica Chastain says, if you're sick, we should cancel. I wrote in all caps, if you're sick, we should cancel. <laughs> Has never felt more relevant <laughs> in my entire life. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, you should fucking cancel. Yeah, for, for, yeah. Like, do not Honestly, you, you should cancel anyway, even if you're not feeling sick. It's not safe for you to host people at your house right now. Yeah. <laughs> you look uh, sweaty and it looks like your body's weak. We should really call this whole thing off. Lock the doors. Shelter in place. Take shelter, shelter in place. Gun. Take shelter in place. Take shelter in place. Take shelter in place. Uh, and then caution. I also... Hmm? Let me caution Oh, Let me caution you. To, uh, I feel sick. Take a... <laughs> so I know this was later going to be, or you had proposed it being a segment about hands, uh, but this was a specific instance that really took me out of the movie, is when Curtis is at the gas station filling up his gas. He, I don't know if you guys noticed, but he puts his hand on the pump yeah. and rests it there, yeah. and I was like, who the fuck chooses to touch a gasoline pump in general to fill up your gas but for an extended period of time it was very disturbing so when you when you guys oh sorry you you do you first matt uh nailed that midwestern uh uh, masculinity that's who leans on a gas station pump is curtis who lives in ohio yeah um also i use uh newspaper bags or old produce bags to touch it so that i don't have to actually touch it so that was going to be my question was like first of all you do realize that you're the last thing it's the last thing i do when i'm out running errands so that i can drive home like this 
with my left hand <laughs> in a ball and then go oh, inside wait. and wash my hands. I thought you meant like lean against the box. Like, no, his hand no, 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 is no, no, no. resting on the pump. So he's like, he, there's like the gas pump is in his car. It's literally like uh-huh. putting gas into his truck. He's leaning against the truck and he's making the phone call with his right hand and with his left hand, it's just like resting on the gas pump. So Which gross. is just like such a weird, I, it didn't take me out of the movie, but I was like, yeah, no, I, I like, I put the thing in and then I go and like do whatever else I'm going to do. Like I clean out my car, which I get why you don't understand that, Matt. Um, Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, That's I just like, <laughs> I like put the, I put the thing into my car and then I just like, you know, do whatever else I'm going to do. Or I play on my phone or whatever. I don't like just hold That's my hand onto explode. it. Explode. Yeah, you're, you're not supposed, supposed to, to leave, touch your phone at yeah, all. You're supposed to leave your phone in the car. Wow. That's Dominical <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> the hand motion. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know how sparks work? Duh. Uh, I will say the other thing, um, I got gas the other day at Costco and it was a dollar sixty five. What? <laughs> it was a dollar sixty five a gallon. It was amazing. What? <laughs> It dropped down to a dollar ninety nine in the Chicago suburbs, but that's what generous. What is yeah. it for you? What? It's like three fifty. Are you fucking serious? We're not fucking around. We have terrible well, gas prices. Maybe it's like two fifty. But is it's that because you the person has to fill? I was going to say. For I can see maybe probably Oregon being yeah, a Matt little bit more expensive. Yeah, Matt doesn't even know about filling gas anymore. <laughs> <laughs> People just do it for him. I lower my window a crack, slip my credit card out, and go. Up to the top, and that's all I say. <laughs> and you're really every- snappy with them too. Yeah. It's like, look, man, oh, I'm just trying to live during a pandemic. Please stop being an asshole. No. Here's what I. Here's my real feeling. <laughs> every time I have to do it, I just want to be like, I can do it myself. I Same. Please let, please let me do this. And one time, it uh, recently, like two weeks ago, it kept unlatching, and so I kept in my front seat hearing, blow, 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 click. And then the person would run over, start it up again, leave, and I'd hear glug, 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 click. And I was like, oh my god. Are we going to have to do this the whole time? Because I am empty. And I would love for me to get this done in one go. And I could stand outside and hold the pump if that helps. Tyrion's like, Curtis oh no. I'm Curtis from Ohio. <laughs> I'm Curtis from Ohio. <laughs> I'm Curtis from Ohio. Anyway. Um. Yeah, my anyway, my question was just going to be when you when you soon are living in a van, are, mm-hmm. are, is Owen the one who's going to be responsible for putting gas in the, in the van, or are you, are you just going to have? You already kind of <laughs> <laughs> We'll pull Even up if... at a gas station and then he'll go out and do it, but I'll give him my credit card. <laughs> <laughs> I have the vapors. Oh. <laughs> he also hates it too, though. Uh, Jesus. But I think he's less crazy than I am <laughs> about touching things. Although I the just... side door, the side door of the van has three things of like knockoff Lysol wipes <laughs> to clean our hands when we yeah, come out of places. Yeah, I. Uh... I don't really care. Like, I'll grab the pump and I'll put it in my oh. car. But here's my question: Do you push the button with your finger or do you hit it with the nozzle? 
hit it with my finger. What? What? Yeah, I press. All the buttons are able to be pressed by my hands. And I have hand sanitizer in the car. I was going to say, I have hand sanitizer in my car. Like, it's not. not, Like, I'm not licking the gas pump. Like, I'm like. Oh, no, my parents told us. They taught us you don't. Try not to touch anything at a gas pump. And so we always take. I think we all do it. I take the nozzle out and then I hit 87 with the end of the nozzle. And my boss, I know, does it the same way. Wild shit. This is insane. And before you had to use a keypad, you used to be able to do everything without touching anything except for the nozzle. Oh my god. I I was raised in a household where we opened doors with paper towels. Uh We had hand sanitizer in the car to come in from when we were at the mall or the movies. Uh, I still put toilet paper toilet paper down on public toilet seats. Yeah, duh. Uh, Come on. Uh, okay, good. I'm glad that we're over. <laughs> either, one, hover. either one, honestly. But for me to sit down on a toilet seat doesn't mean it's an extended activity. Right. That's for me, <laughs> so me very you know point. what it is. For me, you know that it's uh, half of this movie. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, but when I but when I do that's where Matt I, actually gets most of his uh, his audiobook taken care of. He yeah, just like finished Empire Falls uh, while my uh, poop fell. You work. were anyway. about to say anus. <laughs> no, I wasn't. Your mouth made the sound, the shape of it. Uh, no, yeah. If I do hover, I just crawl the sides of the stall with my feet, like uh, Jean Claude Van Damme doing splits in that movie Time Cop. Jesus. And then it just drops from four feet up. <laughs> just just like uh, Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible fall out, falling out of that plane, halo jumping. That's what my turrets do. Anyway. Oh my god. How do we get here? How, who am I? Um, You're oh, talking no. about growing up with hand sanitizer? My mom is still a big germaphobe, and so growing up and being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to open every fucking door with a paper towel every time. I'm just going to open it with a pinky, and I'm going to rub that pinky on my jeans and <laughs> clean it up. <laughs> and then COVID happened, and I was like, I got to get hand sanitizer in the car. I shouldn't touch any doors if I can help it. I'm, like, opening doors with my full body, just, like, leaning into it to push it open. <laughs> My favorite that, is to hook a leg up and pull the leg toward, like, yeah, pull the a door good, that's with a good your move. foot. Yeah. If there's a door closing and I need to catch it, I put my foot in and then I open it with my knee and then mm-hmm. uh, wiggle in. That's all to say, that feels like Take Shelter, where all the stuff that I was like, you're being too much, were like, okay, that is appropriate. We should be following you. <laughs> Uh, so in that regard, my mom is Curtis. The storm is COVID. I am, I guess, Sam. Sam at the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah, we're literally like putting hand sanitizer in my hands in the car. Is like okay, okay. Let's weather this storm. Thanks for all you've taught me. Yeah, um, it... but I touch I touch gas station pumps whenever I can. Oh. Yeah, I remember when I was. <laughs> When I was in Oregon, we pulled over to get... I thought it was get... great. I was like, look at this. No, I fucking hated it. We pulled over to <laughs> get right. gas. And there was, like, we were, it was, we were coming back. We had gone up to, we were, we had hiked a mountain. 
literally, so we were staying in an Airbnb and, or no, we were couch surfing and we asked this guy, we're like, do you know of any like light hikes? Like just small hikes. None of us have any like boots or anything. We just like, just want to go and kind of do like a nature walk. He's like, oh yeah, 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 I got you. He took us to this fucking saddle mountain and we literally climbed a fucking mountain and like halfway up i'm literally dying because i didn't have my inhaler i'm just like this oh is the God. fucking worst i by the time we got to the top it was great it was worth it but i was so fucking pissed but anyway we're coming back <clears throat> so this is like some random gas station they only had one attendant there was already somebody there getting gas and so we were just sitting in the car waiting and i was like i can just go do this like it is not gonna bother me at all and I don't know if, if, if it's actually illegal to do it, but, like, the guy was like, no, you can't. Like, literally, you can't. It's illegal. I was like, this is yeah. the dumbest Both fucking sides. bullshit. <laughs> like, it's, it's Oregon so and New stupid. Jersey. Both of them. And, every, and both times, you just, you roll in and you just kick back and know that you don't have to do anything for five minutes. Oh, but you also have to think about the, the times that I've been in those states. I've been on road trips by myself. Sure. And so oh, it's yeah. literally five minutes of not having to do work. <laughs> <laughs> That's a dream. I get that. Uh, for me, I'm always frustrated. Here's two quick notes about Oregon's pumping policy. Uh, on the move here, my dad and I pumping stopped policy? gas pumping policy. <laughs> Oregon's Portland pumping <laughs> That's my ASMR. I'll do an ASMR segment. Uh, anyway, we stopped, and we were, like, maybe two hours? I think we were, like, past the Dales, uh, which is where the cult from Wild Wild Country poisoned all the oh. people with beaver chunks. The Dales. Uh, we were in from there. So, like, between a major Oregon city and another major city, Portland, uh, and we stopped for gas, and we were like, do you have to pump it? And she was like, you know, technically... If you're not in, like, the really dense populated areas, you can pump it yourself and it's not illegal. And that was, like, past that year to be like, you know, you can do it yourself if you really, really want to. And some places have signs up that say, like, self-service between 7 and 10 p.m. or something like that. So oh, it's, nice. Like, a time when nobody's doing it. And I was like, good thing. I will take note of that, and I'll be back later <laughs> to do it and myself. And I will exclusively get gas between the yeah. hours of 7 and 10 p.m. <laughs> oh, rats. No one's around? Okay, I'll do it like I've always done it always. And, like, I only want to do it. Um, uh, so Take Shelter's a movie. Uh, yeah, I will say, we talked about this a little bit already, but um, watching this in 2020, especially now in 2020, I think, like, uh -huh. had we watched this in, like, March or April, or now, like, it had, like, a vibe to it. If we would have watched this in, like, mid-July when, like, things were really bad in the South, but not super bad in the places that we live... Mm -hmm. but like but the also like <clears throat> not super bad <laughs> right and that's what i'm saying like I, I think it was it was really bad in april like march and april just because like new york city was just getting totally pwned and we were all just like what is this thing this is scary and then it kind of like became like okay this is scary but it's not like the scariest and now it's like oh no like 
hundreds of thousands of people are getting diagnosed every day. Hospitals are overflowing. El Paso is running out of, like, makeshift morgues. Like, it's just so fucking bad right now. So watching this movie in 2020, in this particular moment in 2020, was a real trip. Because, like, that sequence where he went in to get the gas mask, I was like... Yep. Soups, <laughs> yeah. re- soups relatable, bro. Soups relatable. Like, and then all of like, I feel the like the masks, surgical mix. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, been there. Been there, done that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, the surgical masks that I've been wearing that the CDC is telling me to wear are not good enough. I need to go get one of these fucking gas masks so I can, like, <laughs> be in public. I was talking to my sister the other night, and I was like, rationally, I understand that just, like, walking outside of my apartment is not that risky like if i'm just because i got takeout from a place up by my apartment and i just walked over there i was like i understand rationally that that is not like a high risk thing but considering the world is falling apart i was just like i masked up before i even left my apartment and i walked i saw somebody walking their dog and i literally went to the other side of the street to go back to the side of the street that that's I needed excessive. to be on. Which is like, again. I, I've done that. That's all I do. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, you go to the, the other street. side of the street? I just walk by the curb. I have, I've crossed many streets. Sometimes I'll just weave away. But I have crossed the street. Especially for dogs. Because I'm like, you're going to take up the whole thing. I can't do this. No. I've crossed but, streets. I mean, that's that was my point. Like, right now. Mm-hmm. Earlier this year, I was not even that bad. I would just kind of, like, you know, swing wide and call it good. But, like, right now, I was just like, oh, no. I've got, Like, the restaurant I'm going to is on the side of the street that I'm on, but I'm going to cross the street to walk <laughs> past you to get back to this side of the street. Because just, like, yeah. being outside, again, rationally, I know that that's not <laughs> true. But, like, when I'm outside, I'm like, oh, fuck, this is how I get it. This is how I die. And so, like, when, when he went to go get the gas mask, I was like, damn. I feel you, dog. Like, mm-hmm. I, I really feel you. <laughs> Coming uh, from somebody who was in Portland when the smoke was uh, killing, not killing people, but was uh, very lethal if you breathed it in too long, uh, my roommate had to buy actual, real, full-on gas masks for his couriers so they could ride around in the streets safe. Oof. Uh, but like we had, that must've been a very comforting thing to see for anyone up early in the morning. Just bicyclists and gas masks. Yeah. Were they newspaper couriers or, or food couriers? So these are the people. So this is all day long. Yeah. Yeah, All all day at your door, ringing your doorbell. Uh, but we just had boxes of gas masks and I was like, trill, trill, trill. (laughs) 2020 really knows how to throw some curveballs away. 2020 stays dope. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, didn't know that, uh, people were going to start looking like they're from Metal Gear Solid. Fine. What? Yeah, from Steel. Yeah, what are are you going to say? I just, I couldn't remember the name of that video game. Uh... Um, well, I don't really have anything else to say about Me Take neither. Shelter. I will uh, that's not true. I do have, uh, acting in this movie was really good, like, top to bottom. I, yeah. like, Jessica Chastain is so good in this movie. Michael Shannon is good, all, as always. Shea Wiggum, my boy, fucking crushing it. Uh, Katie Mixon. You might I don't, like him because he's in the Fast and the Furious movies. 
He's in two of the Fast and the Furious movies, but I did like him before oh, then. <laughs> he's in two Fast, Two Furious, right? He's one of the No, he's in uh, four oh, Fast, Four six. Furious, and six Fast, Six Furious. I see. I I'm surprised they didn't make a pun on, like, sex. Yeah, I don't know. Like, two like, Fast, Two It says Fast and the Furious, sex. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you have to say it like that. Sex. Sex. <laughs> I agree about the acting. Uh, and they all looked like normal people. Like, they looked like the actual people who live in this town. Yes. Uh, and acted like them when he was like, did you get me taken off your, your team? I thought we were friends. Like, all of that was perfect. Yeah. Um, that, that was, yeah, kind of going back to what I was talking about earlier, they just, like, nailed the vibe of small-town America to, like, even down to the casting. It was just like, yeah, I feel like I've seen people like that when I was visiting my grandmother when I was growing up. Like, that just, like, like this is it. That's totally accurate. Um, yeah. To that point, I'll, I'll pull out one quote, uh, and it's when the woman haggles the $15 pillow down to eight, and then says, I'll give you eight, but it's all in change. Like, God damn, are you awful. <laughs> the worst character in this movie. How dare you pay $8 in change for a thing you already can't pay a full price I was going to say, Monster. you're knocking off also, almost half the price. Yes. <laughs> but that's, that's Ohio. Yeah. It's like, like, how can we haggle half the price? Rude. Yeah. Um... So the thing that I jaw-dropped earlier, so the woman who played his first therapist, her name was Kendra in the movie. I definitely didn't remember that. The actress's name is Lisa Gay Hamilton, and uh, the jaw-drop was that she was Sharonda in Jackie Brown. Oh, fuck! (laughs) So she did look familiar, (laughs) and that's why. (laughs) Uh, and she also played Condoleezza Rice in Vice, which is a great movie. Oh, good for her. So, good for, good for you, Lisa Gay Hamilton. Also, uh, her Wikipedia page is just literally her holding a Peabody Award, so, like, she's just (laughs) fucking crushing it. (laughs) Quay. Uh, it's funny, too, that we had two movies in a row with De Niro and Sam Jackson, and now we have one with Sharonda the next week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, I, okay, now I don't have anything else to say. I just have two, uh, things that I thought were beautifully, beautiful touches, uh, that speak to all the things we've been talking about. Uh, when he is looking at Hannah while she's sleeping, and Sam comes up, and he's like, I still take my boots oh, off yeah. to wake her up. Beautiful mm-hmm. moment. And, well, and then she's just like, and I still whisper. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh. Heartbreaking. Yeah. But I also loved that uh, that was just a subplot, is that the daughter uh, lost her hearing, and they just need to, uh, like, help her learn sign language and do it at home and mm-hmm. uh, get a cochlear implant, which in the deaf community is not a great uh, thing. Cochlear implants are kind of like... Uh, like, the point isn't to become part of the hearing world. The point is to be celebrated and have accommodations from people because you're a part of the deaf world mm-hmm. but that's not the com- that's we don't need to talk about that but it was an interesting <laughs> thing that like that's what they were saving up for and that has nothing to do with the uh, storm stuff uh, and the little girl is so cute she's really yeah. adorable just adorable um, and speaking of boots 
his muddy boots in the classroom. In the, in the ASL class. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was just a great touch because I think it gets to, like, he's a working guy that, like, has to also do this and can't even change or shower after work. Like, he just well, because he didn't going. budget his time accordingly. Say, to be fair, she gave because him a Because he's very, a man. <laughs> she gave him a very clear directive that said, we are leaving at six, you need to be home and showered and changed so that you're ready to leave at six. And he's he was a man. like, he doesn't need shower. I gotta go. And she's like, you didn't need anything. Oh, I just thought of something else that I want to briefly sure. talk about. Uh, the way Jessica Chastain eats toast in this movie is fucking wild. I, have, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't notice. She sits down. So this is like one of the first scenes of the movie. <clears throat> They're eating breakfast that morning. And she sits down after like serving eggs to everybody and she scoops some, like, she grabs a piece of toast, and you can't see her plate, just the way, like, the shot is framed. You can't see her plate, but she grabs a piece of toast, puts it on her plate. She scoops up some jelly and puts it on her plate, presumably on the toast. But then she picks up the toast and just rips off a chunk and dips it in the jelly like it's fucking fries with ketchup. It's so, so weird. I was like, What? <laughs> Is that okay, weirder than, like, the way that I used to eat bananas? Uh, which, you guys would have remembered me eating them this way, maybe. But you know how a banana has, like, three pieces? Oh, yeah. Like, if I used to peel, like, a, like each third of the banana down. And it's because... What? Our friend I don't Jack, remember that. I was eating a banana during a writing class... And he kept making fun of me for eating a banana because it looks like a dick. <laughs> and so anytime I'm in public, for years after, I would oh, no. pick the banana apart with my fingers. <laughs> Until eventually, I can't remember who it was, but they made fun of me for doing it that way, so I stopped. I definitely don't remember you doing... Like, I remember watching you eat bananas at our apartment, and I feel like you ate them the normal way. <laughs> okay, I that must have been like, before we lived together. Yeah. yeah. I only remember you taking big, elaborate bites and making a real show of, like, right. teeth marks that are on the banana. Yeah. Making it a whole show. Or eating it sideways. That. Eating it Maybe sideways. Maybe now I'm just pretending like you did things. Once I ate a banana like a corn on the cob, that was pretty funny. <laughs> Once I ate an avocado by squeezing it through the top hole. God. Oh, that is so upsetting. <laughs> Did you really? Feel... Oh, you haven't yeah. heard this story? I didn't have a knife, bet... so I just squeezed oh, it Oh, you did it in your top. car, didn't you? No, I did it at home. <laughs> I was just too lazy to get a knife. Was this so... Was this when you were living in uh, Bucktown? Or was this when you yeah. were living at home? When I was with my parents, and I was just like, I'm eating this avocado now. <laughs> And I'm going to see if it can work like a pit. <laughs> Spoiler alert. What did you alert, do with the pit? It did. It just kind of rattled around inside. <laughs> and then I, like, cracked it open through the hollow skin on the outside and then just used my fingers to, like, scrape out the rest of the avocado. And then I popped that pit in my mouth and kind of moved it around yeah. in my tongue. Uh, for our listener here who might not be aware, when Matt eats an avocado, he sucks on the pit. <laughs> for uh what well, seems like days <laughs> it's in reality it's probably like five seconds but it definitely seems like it's a month and a half like it's 
until it's buttery smooth. Oh god, devoid of avocado. It's so upsetting. Yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah, baby. Oh, all right. Um, tattoo ideas. I think like the. I mean, like the storm itself looks really dope. Especially like the first time you see it, with like the like the two or three different tornadoes coming down, mm-hmm. like looks really cool. The uh, like the the way the birds move, yeah. which is just like an iconic. Like that's one of the only things I knew about this movie before seeing okay, the movie. Yeah. Question about that. So you see the birds, and then you also see them later, and they start falling from the sky. But they're not actually part of the storm. Right. No, but I think, it, like, the dog going nuts, I think, is also a hint that, like, whatever this thing is, is also going to make people and animals insane. Okay. And yeah. so these birds are, like, violent, darting down and attacking people kind of birds. Got it. Um, but I thought either one of those would be, like, a cool, like, visual. Um, yeah. Other oh, also... Is this movie about climate change? Motor oil coming from the sky? Um, People doubting him? Thinking he's overreacting and then it's actually a severe issue with the weather that people should be paying attention to? Yeah, when you put it that way, yeah. The the 2020 comps just keep on coming. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What if you got a gas mask tattooed on your face? What if I just... Go buy a gas mask and literally yeah, live in a gas mask for the rest of this pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think those are the only ideas that I have for like. There's not a lot of like symbols or anything. Yeah. Uh, besides the storm, but. You get his hand holding the gas pump. Yeah, I mean, honestly, <laughs> let's let's be real. <laughs> it's like we all know what's gonna happen. <laughs> his hand also looks like a like like a like a prosthetic hand he has kind of small hands they don't move they're just like gloves yeah, interesting <laughs> and all i can think of is that dead finger uh going into that woman's mouth in shape of water <laughs> ew oh god i had forgotten about that so i didn't so I will never forget about that. <laughs> i forgot about that gross Oh, God. God bless you, Michael Shannon. (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah, that's Michael Shannon. I forgot. Yeah. That's his dead finger. Gross. Um, Let's see. Would you guys spend time on this film set? Probably not. Yeah, I don't think I would. I don't really. Maybe the Myrtle Beach at the end. Yes. I I, I got enough, like, rural America when I was growing up. And then I very explicitly moved away from it. So I moved to the third biggest city in the country to get away from it. So I'm good. (laughs) I would love to be in the scenes with Jessica and Michael. Sure. Look at you, one-on-one faces. Oh, yeah, we're we're pals. Do you call her Jess or Jess? I call her Jess and Mike. Uh, They invited me over. I'm going to help her prep her, her table of sewn goods. Would you guys watch this movie on an airplane? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably not. I think yes, because I also have a digital copy of it, so I could. <laughs> so it would be very easy for you to watch on an airplane. <laughs> yeah. But no, I think I would. Yeah, I mean, there's literally, a lot. there's nothing offensive in this movie. 
Not even. I think it gets the R rating because I think Shea Wiggum drops F bomb twice. I think I think it's literally like the only yeah. reason this gets an R rating. We're fucking friends. <clears throat> oh God yeah. bless Shea Wiggum. Uh, so this movie did not get nominated for any Academy Awards. Nothing. Which I'm like. I think. So I think Michael Shannon should have squeezed in here somewhere, and by somewhere I mean get Jean Dujardin from The Artist <laughs> the fuck out of here. The Artist is so boring. <laughs> I really liked The Artist. I the Artist liked it more than this movie. I also haven't seen it since it came out, but. I, I did really I, like it. I thought it was, like, it was fun. It was pleasant. Like, and it was, like, a cool, like, going to a movie theater to see a silent film in, you know, 2011 was a cool thing. But, like, yeah. the movie itself was not that good. Like, but also, it, it's if, a, I, if I want to see a silent movie, I don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I did go to a silent film at the Music Box once. They used to, God, you guys remember the Music Box? My thing is that with, like, some, like, because you can't rely on your voice, you have to convey emotions and stuff through other ways, which is why I was like, oh, that would be a decent actor nom. Sure. Yeah. I just... But, yeah, I mean, everyone else thought so, too, so... (laughs) Did he win? Yeah. Yeah. The artist, like, swept that year. And it was stupid. Uh, Jean Dujardin won. Demian Bashir for A Better Life, which is a movie I've definitely never seen. George Clooney for The Descendants. Gary Oldman from Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Oh. And Brad Pitt from Moneyball. But also The Descendants. George Clooney in The Descendants was really good. Yeah, like, like George Clooney, Gary Oldman, and Brad Pitt were all really, really good. I yeah, think Brad like, Pitt in Tree of Life, though, which was also 2011. <laughs> I would have preferred mm. him in that. Moneyball, yeah. he's just so normal. He's just cool Brad Pitt. He's just Brad <laughs> he's playing Pitt. He's playing a, a handsome Brad. version of Billy Bean. Um, let's see. Best Supporting Actress, Octavia Spencer for The Help, uh, Berenice Bijot from The Artist, Jessica Chastain from The Help, Melissa McCarthy from Bridesmaids, and Janet McTeer from Albert Knobs. <laughs> That's a movie. <laughs> That's a movie that came out that year. <laughs> Albert Knobs. Man, Jessica Chastain had, like, quite a 2011, you guys. Yeah. She really packed it in in the early part of the decade. Yeah. And then um, she did Dark Phoenix at the end of it. Not good. It's not what you want. So here's the best original screenplay. Midnight in Paris, which I won. I don't know that I would, I would say this would be best original screenplay. Sorry, go ahead and read No, you're fine. That's fair. Nominations. Uh, the Artist, Bridesmaids, Margin Call, and A Separation. Oh! A separation. <laughs> I fucking love it. A, a separation was a choice in the first uh, film fest that we. What's had. that one about? It's, it's uh, the Iranian one, right? Yeah, where the father is blamed for pushing the uh, like caretaker down the stairs, but she like might have fallen on her own, and like oh, he's going yeah. through a divorce. I love a separation. I still love a separation. I think that was Roger Ebert's number one that year, and I think Take Shelter was, like, top five, I Oh, fuck. I saw a separation at Ebert Fest, the same uh, festival that I saw Take Shelter. Nice. So that's fun. Look at you. Look at you! Both left an impact. Uh, (coughs) But also, uh... 
Do we want to talk about how, even though the Academy Awards were mostly shit in 2011, 2011 was, like, a really, like, weirdly strong movie year? Yeah, let's talk about that, because before the podcast, we were talking about 2011, and I said, 2011 almost made me quit movies. Uh, <laughs> because I'd seen so many bad, just mind-numbingly bad blockbusters that summer that I was like, are we doing movies right anymore, or did we break them? <laughs> um, and then, in the fall, a bunch of good shit came out, and 2011 ended up being one of the stronger years. Uh, so let's go through those movies. So, all so of many... them? No, I'm just gonna <clears throat> I'm just gonna all read through some some noteworthy ones. <laughs> it's, like it's getting late here. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to talk about all of these. I'm just gonna like read through some that I because like so here were the Academy Award nominated movies: the artist for Best Picture, The Artist, The Descendants, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, which L O fucking L, The Help, Hugo, Midnight in Paris, Moneyball, Tree of Life, and War Horse. Some of those movies are great, but, like, as a class, like, as a collective, it's a pretty bleak Best Picture, like, list. I but, think Tree of Life was the only movie from that list that was in my top ten. Yeah, I mean, I love... the Descendants up there, too. I love The Descendants. I love Moneyball. Tree of Life is great. Uh, I like Midnight in Paris. I know Woody Allen is... Not what you want, but I do like Midnight in Paris. Uh, you can say garbage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a piece, he's a giant piece of shit. Yeah, <laughs> he's a trash trash garbage. Uh, so here are some movies that came out in 2011 that were not nominated: Shame, Drive, mm. uh, Beginners, Melancholia. Um, let's see, Another Earth, A Separation, uh, Fincher's Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. Martha Marcy May Marlene, We Need to Talk About Kevin, Super 8, Contagion, Weekend, Rango, 5050, uh, Ides of March, um, Bride, oh, Bridesmaids, I guess, wasn't nominated for Best Picture, but um, did get Got a couple some. noms. Uh, young Adult, Like Crazy, uh, Margaret from Film Fest. Oh, yeah, Martha 1. Marcy 0. May Marlene, the two. Yep. Uh, yeah, just like a deep, deep bench. I don't nec- I don't normally think of 2011 as being a strong movie year, but then it like it secretly was. Yeah. Which is did you say Contagion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, a real and year. and Fast Five. Which I mean, <laughs> as much as I groan, I haven't seen it, and it is the one that uh, changed the direction of the franchise. So in some ways, it is the best. Fast and the Furious movie that could have come out that year. Yeah, yeah. Lincoln Lawyer, the start of the Reconnaissance, Scream Four, my beloved. Yeah. Oh, good year. Twenty eleven was was really strong in the beginning and the end, and not in the middle at Just all. The very, very stupid. much not in the middle. <laughs> garbage, stupid, stupid garbage. Um. um yeah. yeah. What, have you, what have you guys been up to this week? <laughs> uh, I what can have go you been first. Up to? Yeah, Tyranny. What have I you been up say, to? I was going to say, Tyranny. I got so yelled at I, before we started recording, so... <laughs> I have only done two things this week, uh, and the reason is I have been converting a Sprinter van into a camper van, and it has taken up 
all of my time, as I'm sure you've noticed, our one listener, that I never have watched any movies for the last, like, three months. Uh, but we're done. So, uh, well, we're done building. We still have to decorate everything. Um, so, hopefully I'll have some good, uh, good stuff to report soon. But all I watched this week were some home videos, which... Uh, yeah, you did. I don't know if they're the same for you guys, but they are a roller coaster. <laughs> Emotionally. Laugh, yeah. <clears throat> Laugh right uh, sometimes. And then also just, like, really sad. <laughs> and, yeah. like, uh, ashamed of, like, 12-year-old tyranny. And <laughs> sometimes she was mean. And sometimes she had pneumonia. Yeah, there's, there's one of Christmas I, that I had pneumonia and my cough sound so delicious um (laughs) and then the other thing that i've been watching i don't know if uh he's still doing it but hosier has been posting (laughs) Werner herzog clips and they are so funny (laughs) they're just very existential and dark and uh i don't think i ever told you guys this but i'm pretty sure i met him uh like he came to talk in like a classroom of maybe twenty people Hosier, about right? documentary. Not... Huh? Oh no, no Werner Herzog. Werner Herzog. I mean, Werner I've been in the same room as Werner Herzog, so I, it's realistic. He does. He's not some god on Olympus. He hangs out with the normies. Uh, he was. He came to talk about like documentary filmmaking. Oh. And there were like maybe twenty of us in the room, and he just ripped on teaching documentary filmmaking for the whole time and it was just like i don't know why anyone would want to do this <laughs> i think it was him i can't what? remember the the name of the like person but i'm like i'm pretty sure it was him because it was a, a movie when that i think it? he's done huh when was it when was that when did that happen 2014 I mean, uh, that might have been when he came to DePaul. Based on that description alone, it sounds. No, this was in Ireland. It was in Dublin. Oh, then never mind. Based but on that description, it sounds like exactly tour. like something Werner Herzog would do. Yeah. So, like, was it about prison? Because he had a documentary about prison or a documentary series about prison that he also did. And Maybe. that's what he came to DePaul to talk about. They expected him, I think, to give a presentation. <laughs> But he just sat in the chair and was like, why do you want to learn about these things? <laughs> we did, he was, uh, when he came to Paul, it was like an interview. And they were like, what advice do you have uh, for film students? And he's like, film school is useless. You must get a camera. You must do it yourself. You must live your life. Film school is nothing. You should never pay for, to make movies. And we were like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> It's like everyone in their classroom was so uncomfortable and I was like I don't know if I should laugh or like be afraid <laughs> but I think laugh yeah it's a little bit of both oh god bless him what a I what a treasure what a, what a treasure <laughs> but yeah no would recommend I hope I hope Hosier keeps doing them because they've been absolute gems maybe I'll make us watch the burden of dreams which is where all those clips are from uh, where oh wait, Burden of Dreams I think yeah, is where he Fitzgeraldo is where they pull the 
boat over a mountain, and they actually did it. They made people pull a boat over a mountain, and he's like, all the birds are not singing, they're screaming. The chaos is everywhere. <laughs> like, why did you do this movie if you hate it so much? It's so funny. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Maybe I'll make but us watch it. that. Oh. Matt, what have you been up to this week? Drop my stuff. I did a lot of rewatches. Uh, I rewatched V for Vendetta on November 5th. Ah, uh, V. That was last week. Oh, well, then I forgot what was last week. And what I was going to say, week. we were. It feels we were, like it's two decades since last week <laughs> when election night happened. Um, oh, by the way, Biden won. Yay. Oh, yeah. The last well, one we recorded. Thanks we were for like, stepping on my toes. going to happen. <laughs> The... Whatever, bitch. Uh, <laughs> I'll keep going. I'll move yeah. on to the. You can do it. Uh, I rewatched *Me Vendetta*. I rewatched *Cloud Atlas*. In, oh, how does uh, how is kick. how does that hold up? Does oh, it hold up? Good. Okay. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's so optimistic, and apparently the book is not uh, so optimistic. But it's a very like, uh, it makes you feel nice at the end. Where like the Matrix movies, it's all about like you got to fight for your mind. And V for Vendetta is like, you got to fight for your government. And Cloud Atlas is like, our souls are not ours. They go through time and space. And sometimes you make a connection and you'll always beat that person again. And you're like, this is much nicer. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the tr- it's uh, very good. And that's the true, true. Um, Such the I, true, true. <laughs> the true, true, baby. Um, I rewatched Enemy, Denis Villeneuve's movie with Jake Gyllenhaal. Movie's a trip. It was fine. Again, I still don't know what to feel about it. I think it's good, but I don't know. Um, I rewatched Lady Bird. Bless. Uh, and then the new stuff that I watched was uh, an episode of Cake, which is, I think it's FX or something, or maybe Hulu, but it's like short, sometimes animated, sometimes live action, like comedy sketches, but mostly just like different art mediums and different kind of like narratives and stuff it was fun um natasha leone i uh, guest starred in the first episode and i was like oh fuck yeah i love natasha leone uh but that was fine i watched the new mando that was also fine i don't care about that show that much and i watched a couple of new a couple other episodes of what we do in the shadows one of them had nick kroll was funny nice um, and that's all Kill. that's all the stuff i watched um so, as anybody who listened to last week's episode knows, I spent basically all of last week mainlining Twitter and or MSNBC, just, like, ruining my life. <laughs> and, and it all paid off on Saturday, baby, because we, we recorded on Friday night and stayed up for a little while watching some, went to bed, woke up, and uh, got to watch the watch them call Biden winning live. And then I literally spent the entire day sitting on my couch, still watching MSNBC and, and or Twitter, but just with a huge smile on my face, watching like people partying in the streets, too nervous to go join the partying that was probably happening in Denver, but like glad that people were doing it. Watching uh, Demi out of Juive, literally dancing on a, the hood of a car for like eight hours in Los Feliz. Just (laughs) fucking incredible. Saturday was one of the best days I've had in months, at least. And I literally spent the 2020 probably. Yeah. Like for sure. It was a highlight. The entire day was spent alone. I did not leave my apartment once. And I spent most of it on the couch 
but it was just such a good day. We like everybody was so happy, everybody was so joyful, everybody was just like like just oh, there was hope in the world again. It was it was great. And then you know, the GOP is just a, a organized crime organization so you know things have been kind of shitty since then but at least we had that one day we had that one day that was just so 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 wonderful um but other than that i haven't really done much just because like after spending a week exclusively doing that i just like i was like i don't know what to do anymore like what like what what, what is my purpose now so uh so yeah i've been watching the west wing which has been nice um i think our our, veep yeah i was gonna say Veep is, I was between the West Wing and Veep, but I was like, no, I, I've, I want to continue feeling good about things, not being reminded of how the GOP is a nightmare right now and trying to, trying to literally drive us into fascism. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, I, I'm going to watch the, the West Wing and feel good about politics again. Um, I watched Olympus has fallen, uh, in the same vein, I guess. You know? <laughs> well, cause Just I remember, kidding, I have not seen that movie. <laughs> We, so we, we lived together when Trump was elected and that night was just like a very rough night in our apartment. And I started watching the West Wing literally that night. Like I went to my room, like after we all went to our separate rooms, I like put it on and I only made it a few episodes in cause it just made me sad. And now I'm like seven or eight episodes in this time because it doesn't make me sad anymore, which is nice. Yeah. Um, I think Joel, a uh, friend of the pop, Joel described it as... Uh, he was watching it. He'd been watching it for a little while, but he was watching an episode recently and was like, for the first time in four years, this doesn't feel like science fiction. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> yeah. God bless us for that. Sure. Though. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I finished Saga, which is pretty dope. Matt, you should definitely check that out. Uh, and I started reading So You Want to Talk About Race, which is really good. I have, I have both those books on my shelves. Yeah, I've been I obviously read both. been meaning to read. So you talk about so you want to talk about race since this summer for obvious reasons, and I just never got around to it. So um, I'm only like four chapters in, but it's very good so far. Maybe so. I'll try to catch up so we can book club it. Ooh, look at us! T, you want in, or did you read it already? Uh, I haven't read it yet, um, but I'm still reading Stamp from the beginning because oh, that's right. I also uh, uh, haven't. I haven't had time. Yeah. Seems right. We've all got um, homework and we're doing it. But I'm a, it's also a very long book. I should I should it's, I was gonna be say, clear it's like... that I am reading it. It's just I'm not finished. Because <laughs> it's like six hundred pages. Book. It's very it's yeah. like a it's hefty. <laughs> I think I'm a quarter of the way into it right now. Nice. Uh, which I think is uh pretty good. Yep. Pretty good pace. Pretty 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 good. All right. I'm finished. <laughs>